Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo. Uh. Yo. Uh. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we about to party. We bout to party, unrestricted, got the house now, we gon' turn it up, up, bring the house down, got that big space pump and make them bounce now, flossing like they bossing and the freaks are coming out now. Hey everybody, it's AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Will here, I am doing quite well, Will, how are you right now? <laughs> Because you're shivering. Cold. <laughs> I am cold. It it is here in Denver. The temperature just decided. Uh, the, the, everybody always talks about Denver as, as being seasonally cold, but it's more like we just get the extremes of all weather, and it hits like overnight. Because at the mile high elevations, things just happen very quickly. And like we went from summer weather all through September, and then beginning of October, like. Started to hit the 70s, and then just one random day just dropped. And it's currently 40 outside, which wouldn't be a big deal. And that deal happens to my... be that your HVAC is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. My furnace is down. Like I, it's, This is a way to discover that I don't have any heat in my home. And so I'm currently freezing doing this recording, but I'm excited to be here with you. It's always fun recording with you. and It's always super so, fun. So let's do this. Let's, what are we let's talking talk about? about some... <laughs> We're talking are... about... Uh, we're talking about Title Tuesday. Title Tuesday last week. So Title Tuesday really threw me off uh, to the point of where <laughs> I'm still. I was going to ask about this. <laughs> I'm still mentally adjusting to. I am in this routine, right? Of uh, and you've been in this routine for four years, right? So you know it. Yep. But I'm in this routine now of I leave on a Tuesday, I do TV Wednesday, come home Thursday, and just this one time a year where. We are leaving on a Monday, doing TV Tuesday, coming home Wednesday. I have been completely thrown off. I woke up Thursday morning thinking it was Friday because that's how my oh, routine yeah. works. And you and I had a meeting and I thought the same thing. And I'm looking at my calendar like, I'm supposed to meet with Will this morning and talk about stuff. He's He's got a fun project going on behind the scenes and we, we'll talk about it one day eventually. Eventually. But stay tuned. But <laughs> like I'm looking at my calendar. I was like, I could have sworn I put this on my calendar and I'm just looking at Friday. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's Thursday. Oh, yeah. no. No, honestly, oh. I'll tell you what threw me off. The Wrestling Observer newsletter drops every Friday. And that's usually when like discourse on social media gets like the worst. And so I woke up Friday. <laughs> tell me how you Thursday. really feel. <laughs> well, and so I woke up Thursday morning and I'm like, huh, people are talking about like nonsense right now. I wonder what's going on. And they're like scrolling and I'm like, 
Where is it? What's happening? And then I realized, oh, it's because it's not Friday. It's Thursday. So that that's really what threw my week off. So for me, it was because I did collision the week the weekend before. I think we were in Salt Lake City. Because it's such a short flight, I flew home that night. So I was home Sunday. And then I decided I was going to fly out late Monday. Normally, I'm a 6 a.m. flight airport person. And I show up and I'm at checkpoint four at SeaTac Airport. And the guys at the clear booth just kind of like look at me. And one of them goes, oh, title Tuesday. And I'm like, <laughs> cool. The marketing works. Yes. <laughs> it's like, thank you, David from clear. I appreciate you so much. So <laughs> Tell me great. you're a wrestling fan without telling me you're a wrestling fan. Oh, Why yeah, are you? Oh, that. title Tuesday. Yeah, no, it was weird. It was, it's, I think for us, it's wild. Like I've been through this enough now to know that just like October means that things are wacky because of baseball playoffs, hockey season starts. And there was just so much going on that like when I saw the schedule a couple months back and I'm like, oh, yep, yep. Okay. We got it. We got a Tuesday coming up, which is just, I think throws all of us because we're so used to the routine at this point. Yeah. It was one of those like, okay, this is weird. But then it ended up being one of our greatest episodes of Dynamite ever. And obviously we are very biased, but I would easily say that it was a phenomenal show. Oh yeah. I felt that it's one of those things where I always have to preface things by reminding people that I work in a creative role. So I I, yes. I see and know things before they're going to happen. But as Jimmy talked about on this podcast, until they've actually happened, it's only all hypothetical. It's only like, you know, that I've seen ideas where it's like, oh, this is going to be great. And then watch it land in front of an audience. And it's like, oh, it, it didn't hit the way it was supposed to. And then things where I've thought to myself, oh, there's no way this works. And then I watched the crowd go nuts for it. And I go, okay, I'm happy to be wrong. But this was one of those things I looked at on paper and looking at it a week prior, I went, this is going to be a special show. I just know it. And granted, it, it obviously, uh, I think people know that, that it went through some changes throughout the day. You know, primarily I knew as that. Tony announced. <laughs> uh, yeah, as Tony announced, uh, you know, we, we had to change the international title match. And even still, what it changed to, I still thought, Actually, this works too. Like, this is great. This is, are you kidding me? Like, Orange Cassidy was a phenomenal international champion, and to get to run that back again Mm -hmm. with this time, you know, now he knows what it's like to lose it, I think adds a, a great element to that story. Yeah, but just looking at it on paper, I remember just looking at it going, this is gonna be a great show. This is gonna be a phenomenal show. I honestly can't wait for to see this executed, to see how this goes. I have. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the first match because I'm going to peel back the curtain on some stuff a little bit. The the first match on Dynamite or the first match on the pre-show? Because this... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the pre-show first. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, we'll talk about the, the first match on the, the pre-show. So first off, like, like obviously, like, it's crazy, right? Because, like, we all know we're running on Tuesday. We happen to be running against another show. So we kind of have to, like, up the ante a little bit because there's yeah. so much wrestling on TV. We need to make sure that people know, one, title Tuesday, and two, that they should be watching our show because it's awesome. So to see over the course of, like, 48 hours, okay, we're going to get a crazy overrun. Okay, we're going to get a pre-show. And then we don't have commercials in the first, like, it was literally, like, the first 40 minutes. Like, we kept right. saying 30, but it ended up being 40. Like, 44, I think. Yeah, I agree. We had... Uh, the the buy-in on, and it was interesting because we had talked about, you know, AEW's kind of switched a lot to the zero hour uh, over the last year, but it's like, this isn't actually an hour. So we're going back to the buy-in. And- oh, I was wondering why. I was like, why is this not zero hour? Like we just, oh, because buy-in's typically like your Vegas type of branding. I'm yeah. Like, what? 
okay, yeah, it's not an hour. It wasn't an hour. Technically, uh, Wrestle Dream wasn't an hour either. It was like zero hour and a half. <laughs> it was zero hour and a half. That's true. But the wrestling content was an hour. And 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 in this case, we had uh, Eddie Kingston one on one with Minoru Suzuki. Again, this was just so much fun. Yeah, of course, we were at the uh, Cable Dom Arena in Independence, Missouri, Kansas City. Uh, this was the fifth time AEW's run this venue, I believe. Uh, it's right off the top of my head, but I believe it was the fifth time this venue's been run. I, I have been in this venue three times, okay. but only once as an AEW employee. But it's, it is amazing, especially as a Broncos fan. How Ugh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. I look, I'm so I, sorry. At, at this point, when people ask me how I feel about the Broncos, I'm like, look. I, I support the Jags now. Uh, this is this is we all I, universally do. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like we didn't like Russell Wilson, so we're sorry we gave him to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, not sorry. Like we chased that guy out of town. He was kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, who knew? We all wanted another Peyton Manning situation, and we didn't get that. You're not but, getting one. Anyway, yeah, back to yeah, wrestling. Yeah, back to wrestling. <laughs> but so it's just interesting to me, right? Because like the one thing I'll always give Kansas City fans is how loud they are and how active they are. Right? Mm-hmm. It almost doesn't matter the situation, and I say that because. For those who don't follow football, Broncos and the Chiefs are, are division rivals. The, yep. They're huge rivals. Our states are well. Uh, so Missouri is just two states over. It's a short six to eight hour drive. So like, oh wow, I didn't know it was that close. Kansas City fans like to invade Denver games. They they don't just they're not just loud at home. They are loud on the road as well. And so I'm very familiar with those fans, but they shock me every time. And I could hear it from the back. I didn't get to get out into the arena until after the buy-in mm-hmm. but i could hear how loud these fans got from the moment they got in the building and it's just kansas city fans do you guys bring it every single time i will never hold that against you it's great because i feel like we we tend to like focus on certain cities as like these are the loud wrestling fans like you have your philly you have your chicago New York occasionally, but like Kansas City is not normally someone I would throw on that list. And then this was like, oh, no, they're they're definitely like top five. Like this is a really good crowd. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time AEW ran Kansas City and it was uh, February. It was right before Revolution. February 26th, 2020. Mm-hmm. That's right. It was three days before Revolution, which was on the rare February 29th. But um, so it's February 26th, 2020. It had the Kenny Omega versus Pac. Iron Man match. Oh my God. It was that one. Yeah, it was that one. It had the Iron Man match. I like having you around because I keep forgetting all this <laughs> shit happened. <laughs> and it was it was so loud at that show. And that's how I knew that uh, there was a strong AEW base in Kansas City and that I always knew that coming back there, it was always going to be something cool. And so, yeah, the but kicking off with that match and, and that title defense from Eddie Kingston was, uh, was hard hitting. It was fun. And it was exactly what needed to kick the show off for those fans. Have I ever told you my conversation with Suzuki about the one match that I wrestled? No, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so he was uh, he was out for uh, like teaming with Jericho or whatever for a bit, and like I see him, like we we've worked together enough now that like we're very uh, informal. Like, hey, how you doing? And he comes up to me and goes, "You, you wrestled?" I'm like, yeah. He goes, "Your next match with me." <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah, and then he just sits oh, there like, has to <laughs> <laughs> like like evil violent grandpa just laughing to himself are you kidding me murder grandpa with aubrey edwards book it oh my I'm, god no i'm, let's I'm not taking book notes it. now this is i won last time and i i was sore for days i can't imagine like okay the AEW is gonna pay for my hospital bills oh my god <laughs> 
But yeah, Suzuki is one of my favorite people. He's just, he's so great as a person, but he's also phenomenal as a wrestler. And I loved seeing Eddie versus Suzuki on the buy-in because it was like, oh, we need a buy-in match. Let's just call up Eddie Kingston and some amazing Japanese wrestler. And you know, they're going to immediately put on like a hard-hitting match. It was so great. I still think about that Rampage buy-in from October of 2021 with Brian and Suzuki, which yep. knocked it out of the park. So it's one of those things where it's almost you have multiple safe bets here uh, that have worked on buy-ins before. Let's go with this one. And I'm glad we did. It's very good. Very good. And and of course, like RJ and Renee on mm-hmm. a pre-show is always great. I know that they just hate each other, but the two of them have such good chemistry <laughs> that I love. Like I saw RJ printing off a bunch of notes in production. I was like, did you come here today knowing you were going to have a pre-show? And he's like, nope, we're going to pull it off. And they did. And they're great. And I just love that that's indicative of a lot of AEW employees. Like things kind of get thrown at us and we just adapt and we kill it anyway. And I'm so happy for this team to be able to pull off something like this, where it's like, okay, cool. Normally we show up and we have two hours of TV. Nope. This is a goddamn pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. And it, <laughs> we have and it a was. lot going on. <laughs> well, especially when, uh, so I did, before we go to first break, I want to talk a little bit about the first match on Dynamite, uh, which was, uh, you got to ref. It was oh Strickland versus Brian Danielson. Just a, a couple of funny notes about the match in that, you know, the the one thing that wrestlers tend to ask all day long, coaches ask, everybody asks all day is, what's my Times. time? Time. Everybody wants to know their time. Literally the first question I have, what's the time? <laughs> yeah, what's the time? And it was funny because when they came and asked for time and I go, 20, they're like, yeah. And uh, I'm like, no commercials. 20. I, I think for context, just to add to that, normally when we say time, it's like, okay, how much time do we have in the match? But also how much time is the first segment? How much time is the commercial? And how much time is the second segment? Is there yes. any post-match? So we're looking for that breakdown because how we structure the match is based on where the commercial is and how much time we have on either end. So just for that full context, that's yes. why time matters is we're building a match around what those time breaks are yeah and on a rare 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 occasion there's you know when we're talking pay-per-views obviously you get to there's a little bit more freedom also talking ring of honor same deal where you're really just working with the time allotted it's not broken Mm -hmm. up into the segments but in this case it's a rare dynamite where you get to work a full-on pay-per-view style match on tv no breaks so nice (laughs) so great yeah, so let's go to break and then talk more about this match because it was awesome. Yes. We are AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Will, talking about Title Tuesday. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Unrestricted, Audrey, Will, we're talking Title Tuesday and just how much of a phenomenal show it was. It was just great. And starting that show with Brian and Swerve, I think, was the best possible choice. There's there's always a lot of choices for, like, what match is going to start, which one's going to be the main, which one's going to be the crossover. But I think when I heard that this was opening, I was like, okay, no, this makes sense because this is going to be incredible. I actually found out that morning because Paul Turner, senior official, he's the one that assigns the referees to the matches. And he's on the bus and he looks at me and he goes, hey, so um, you're good going back to back, right? And I have no idea what the order is or what's going on. And I was like, well, what, what are the matches? He goes, well, we're opening with Swerve and Brian, which I then fill in the blanks of Jericho and Hobbs are second. And I'm like, oh, well, there's no commercials. So there's literally like probably like a package, like a 90 second package as like a break. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. And I just see Paul like smiling on his face because he's just one of those guys. He's like silently funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you don't have to keep giving me Brian's matches, dude. And I think Paul's just, uh, just to kind of like put Paul over a bit. Paul is a fantastic official because he just knows what we love to do and he always wants to give us cool opportunities and he knows brian is my favorite wrestler so it's always really great and he also knows the the pacific northwest affiliation right like all of us are from washington state so it's just always really cool to see that happen because brian mentioned it in the wrestle dream post show that there's not a lot of people that come from Washington in wrestling. It's kind of like just a corner that's off by itself. But we are lucky enough to have multiple people from Washington at AEW. So when these moments happen where you have everyone in the ring from the same place, it's just really cool. So shout out to Paul for giving me that because I was just so happy. And I, I, I think it was honestly the right call. Genuinely, I think the match delivered. You know, it's funny. That's so great. Yeah. Swerve and I have had debates over the years because the one thing that me and Aubrey share in common is that Brian Danielson, he is my favorite wrestler as well. Yep. Not just that, but I think he's the greatest of all time. Swerve and I have had many a debate over who the greatest of all time is. So, of course, I couldn't help but ask him as soon as he got back through the curtain. I go, so, who's the greatest of all time? And he's like, uh, that definitely made a case for it. Yep. <laughs> uh, because... <laughs> He's like just being in the ring with him. He he. Uh, one day I'll let him tell the stories of being in the ring with Brian Danielson. But I think he came away from it a little more convinced on my side of who the greatest of all time is. It's Brian Danielson. It's really great because, as Brian has said, like he's kind of winding down. He's at the end of his career. All of us collectively as fans, anytime we see him on the screen, we're just grateful. Because one, we didn't know that he would be wrestling again. And two, we don't know how much longer we have him for in a full-time capacity because he is reaching that point. He has kids. Like, that that guy is, like, a hardcore father. Like, that is his identity, and he loves his kids. Like, you talk to him for, like, two seconds, and he'll immediately start talking about his kids. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that he's prioritizing that, and he wants to spend more time with his family. But I think every moment where we have with him, we're like, yes, okay, there's one more. Good, 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 good. Because he's literally doing, like, some of the greatest wrestling work that we've ever seen. And it's happening now. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Getting to know Brian these last five months, I will say he was born for dad humor. Like, oh, it's, dude. Oh, I, I almost <laughs> think, you know, the, the old Seinfeld bit of like, oh, you converted to Judaism for the jokes. Like, no, I think this man, like, literally. He became a dad for the dad jokes. <laughs> he, he became a dad for the dad jokes. Like, I just feel like he had to have. But no, it, it is truly a big piece of his identity. And I, I love Brian for that. 
But yeah, back-to-back matches. You immediately went into Hobbs and Jericho. Yes. And I think that went in a direction that a lot of people were not expecting. That was that was a fun one. Because, yeah, when they, they told me what they were doing, I'm like, oh, that's different. And it's very different and especially felt very, like, even more different given what it followed. Yes. Again, this is just a props to the creative team you yourself for just ordering matches in the way they did because i feel like this flowed extremely well if you look at like kind of how the whole show went as the pie that is a wrestling show but to see jericho just get absolutely demolished is wild and to also see where hobbs has come from like one of his first matches was he lost very quickly to orange cassidy back when he was still like an enhancement talent. Mm-hmm. So to see him come to where he is now, and we talked about it after because Hobbs and I are good friends, we're gym buddies. And he's just like, you've been a part of a number of points in my career that are just memorable. Like from when he was an enhancement talent to when he was TNT champion, because I did a good chunk of his title reign, to beating Chris Jericho on TV. And we're just like, yeah, this is dope. We might have been sharing some tequila then at that point, like FTR style, but it was great. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about this arena was where he faced Penta for the TNT championship. Yep. Yeah, wow. And I did that match. <laughs> Look at that. Everything comes back around. It's almost like it all like you, once you start to see it all kind of come together, you're like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And but I, I was I was very pleased with how this turned out. I think it was really exciting. Extremely well done. Yeah. And the the gasp from the crowd was yeah. something I wasn't expecting. I mean, we know what it means as wrestling fans, what it means so to beat Chris Jericho. Again, we just talked about Brian being the greatest of all time. I think Chris Jericho is one of the greatest of all time, easily in the conversation. So And that's part of what makes him so great about AEW is he is helping build that younger talent, like the next generation of stars. As people behind the scenes, we know what it means. And then as fans, we know what it means. So that gasp is 100% justified. Yeah, absolutely. And to beat him with the knee on the face too, like that. So disrespectful. (laughs) That extra touch of disrespect, yeah, (laughs) was just chef's kiss. Uh, I love the whole thing. And then we saw a new international champion crown. We talked about that a little bit already, but Ray Phoenix's reign cut a little bit short as Orange Cassidy won the title back, a match Orange Cassidy was not expecting to have. Nope. Which we're talking from both a storyline perspective and a real life perspective. Like we walked into the day expecting that to be John Moxley in that match. But as Tony mentioned on the buy-in that John Moxley not medically clear, so therefore Orange Cassidy stepping into the role to challenge for getting his international championship back, and he did so successfully. He did grab the brass ring one more time and defeat Ray Phoenix. This is one of those moments where anything could have happened here. There was a lot of directions that this could have gone in, and... For these guys to do what they could as quickly as they did and mm-hmm. and put on a very short but exciting match. Here we have it, Orange Cassidy, Orange Confetti. And there's a little bit of strategy there, right, where we uh, we, we B-rolled. the So we, we showed the footage of Orange Cassidy's last title win, the when he won the All-Atlantic title almost a year ago in Toronto, where he defeated Pac, Orange Confetti everywhere. And that was almost to be intentionally shown, to kind of show you the contrast of Orange's emotions in the two moments. Because when he won here, it wasn't quite as exciting as much as it was 
now he knows what comes with holding this belt because mm-hmm. the, holding that belt for Orange Cassidy and having those 32 title defenses ripped that man to shreds. Yep. Here he is with this title again and almost that look on his face. You see the two back like side to side and you're like, uh-huh. oh, this man is tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I think he has said in promos, like, I'm so tired. <laughs> like He has. But that is a testament to who Orange Cassidy is as a person that when you come in that day, we all show up expecting to work. Like there is a certain expectation of like whether or not you're booked. It's like, okay, something might happen. You bring your gear traditionally like that. That's just what you do in case something happens and then something happened and to be one of the guys that traditionally is not someone who should have been a successful wrestler but has now become a guy that we can rely on in a moment of oh something didn't happen the way we needed it to we need you to fill in it was great props to him and props to ray phoenix who for always just putting on stellar matches regardless of like because when you're being thrown a different opponent like you've had all this time to strategize and put together something based on who you think you're wrestling so on short notice to be able to have to work with someone else is like a huge testament to him oh yeah this is a huge testament to a lot of guys you know that that scenario happens probably more often than people learn about in that uh you know you where you think you have one dance partner and it turns out to be somebody else it always impresses me the guys that you can count on to adjust to that and adjust very quickly and and go out there on very little notice with somebody completely different just and kill still it. deliver something yeah and just deliver something absolutely awesome. kill it's, it yeah it's great congrats to orange cassidy the first ever two-time two-time international champion uh so speaking of two-time let's talk about this uh three-time champ oh yeah i'm just gonna jump ahead because this was dope <laughs> oh yeah hikaru is it's the first ever three-time AW Women's World Champion. Yes. I told her afterward that it, it blows my mind that she now holds kind of all of the stats at the moment. She's the longest reigning AEW Women's World Champ, but she's also the shortest reigning AEW Women's World Champ <laughs> from the last reign. <laughs> and, and she's the first ever three-time champ, and she's the current champ. Like She holds all the stats that that belt could have. And they they all belong to her. I screenshotted the Wikipedia and sent it to her. I was like, it's just you. Only you. (laughs) Yeah. They just copy pasted your name. (laughs) It was like longest, shortest, current, most reigns all say her name on them. Yeah, that was a a, a very cool moment in that story that had been told pretty much since all in where Soraya won the AEW Women's World Championship in her home country. But Sheeta was not involved in that decision. Correct. As a matter of fact, she was currently locked in a submission when Soraya hit the nightcap on Tony Storm to win the title. And then at that point, she had never gotten a return match for anything. And she had been working her way back to the championship. Uh, she defeated Ruby Soho in the main event of Rampage a couple weeks ago and was just slowly crawling her way back to the championship. Again, so many cool moments throughout the match because throughout the night, we had been really introducing you to Tony Storm, to to truly who Timeless Tony Storm is. You got two silent films shown to you. This (laughs) is phenomenal. This was so great. (laughs) I'm just, I'm watching this during the first one, and it's like her and RJ, and they kind of set it up. And then there's this silent film, and I realize we're in the middle of commercial mm-hmm. because, because like, we're watching the monitors backstage. It's not going to show you the commercial the same time you're in picture-in-picture, picture, and I'm just like, this is brilliant. Oh, yeah. You're getting a Tony Storm silent film in your picture-in-picture picture break. If there's any reason to stick through it, it's seeing the Tony Storm silent film. Oh, my God. It's so good. And it's great because picture-in-pictures are always so 
tricky because Mm -hmm. you still have fans at home engaging in the show but you lose for for most people because in like canada when we broadcast on fight you actually see the whole thing full screen so it's like they don't have picture picture so you still have to be engaging at home because there are people who are watching in a full screen format but for our american audience here's this little tiny screen where there is wrestling occurring but you can't hear anything you lose out on commentary you lose out on a bunch of character stuff it's really tricky so building a match around the fact that you have a picture in picture like i commend the guys for that so this was great because it's utilizing the fact that we can't have audio during picture in picture and was just such a smart move i loved it honestly is in the creative meetings as this was being discussed i am falling out laughing i just just the description of this i couldn't <laughs> this was so great and to see it actually executed was even better this, this was great stuff yeah and then of course tony storm comes out during the match to stop the disguised Ruby Soho from interfering because she had been banned <laughs> from ringside. <laughs> and she's in all black, like, picking up a cable, putting it down, picking up a yeah. cable, putting it down. <laughs> so smart. Yeah. And then uh, once once Tony Storm cleared out Ruby Soho, her former teammate in The Outcast, all of a sudden we had a clean, straight one-on-one match. And props to Soraya. She tried everything in that match. She grabbed a kendo stick. Mm-hmm. But hid in the process from paul turner the uh the spray spray paint paint. and then as as he puts away the kendo stick spray sheet in the face she hit her with the nightcap twice and sheeta still kicked out that brought to life huge holy sheeta chance and then sheeta hits the the falcon arrow but then rolls through and then the second roll through one two three new champion confetti three-time champ hikaru sheeta it's a great moment. Uh, she's having a phenomenal year, honestly. You know, you she would really think is. that she was having a great year in when she came into AEW in 2019. And then in 2020, of course, she was champion the majority of the year into 2021. She was champion over a year, but then kind of rested a bit through 2022. But in 2023, she has been, uh, I think we looked up the stat because she tweeted it, um, which anytime people tweet stats like that, nine times out of 10, I probably fed it to them. But. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, she had tweeted that stat about how she had made invented Rampage more than anybody in 2023. Of course you fed that to her. (laughs) (laughs) Because she had. And like that, it's just been a great year for her as champion. And to know that now she gets to possibly take the championship into full gear. Of course, she's probably going to have title defenses between now and then. I'm pretty sure when this drops, we'll... She might actually have one on the books. <laughs> and so Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But the You know. <laughs> you just can't say. <laughs> I mean, like I said, by the time this airs, who knows? And so yeah, she's having a phenomenal year. But also there's there's so much going on in the women's division right now. I think Soraya, I told her after that match, I went up to her and I know that if you talk to a lot of wrestlers, they're their own worst critics. She's talked about before how um she had performances when she came in that she wasn't happy with and i i went straight up to her and i was like you know she talked about how she wasn't happy with the performance when she first came back and that she's been working hard to get back to who she was as a performer before her neck injury and i told her that that match she just had was the one she can hold in contrast and she should be proud 100 yeah that she can hold up against the previous one and go this is where i've come since i've returned from my neck injury and i became a champion I got to defend it at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Grand Slam had a great match with Tony Storm there, too. Yep. And I think 
she should hang her hat on the fact that she is back to where she was as a performer and she should be proud of that. I agree. Two more small things before we go to break, both social media related. And one of the things I love about wrestling being a multimedia platform now, she just shares a picture of her with the title and she goes, I did it. Why am I always green? (laughs) And she had green spray paint on her face, which I thought was hilarious because the same thing happened last time. Uh The other one was actually a video that Emmy Sakura posted where we're all sitting in the talent area and Sheeta wins and Emmy just starts crying. We all know each other, but like the the relationship between Emmy and Sheeta is so great because Emmy trained Sheeta. So for Emmy to see this, because like Emmy doesn't know what the outcome is, and she just starts crying and she's like looking at me like, is this real? And I'm like, yes, 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 it's real. And to have that moment captured. And, and she she told me the next day, she's like, I posted it. I hope you're okay. And I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. Like, the <laughs> fact that you got to experience this thing and then you chose to share it with the world. Like, that's what wrestling is about. That's why wrestling is so great. We haven't even talked about Adam Copeland yet, but we got to go to break. We got so much more talking about on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted. We're back. It's Will and Aubrey, and we're talking about Title Tuesday. Uh, we got to talk about the title portion of Title Tuesday, where we saw two titles change hands. We two. saw n- a number one contender match that crowned a new number one contender for the TNT title. But we didn't get to talk about the main event that saw the in-ring debut in AEW <sighs> of Adam Copeland going one-on-one with Luchasaurus. First off, I have to give all the props in the world to Christian Cage. Oh, my God. I told him this personally. <laughs> I, I said to the man, um, because I tell him all the time that, you know, I have I think anybody who's followed me a long time knows I've been a long-time Christian Cage fan, going back to early days in WWE, the, the first times he went solo um, when he first turned on Adam, I was all about him. And I, I tell him all the time that I always feel like that 2005 run of his where it felt like he was just on fire and everybody wanted to see him face John Cena and it felt like that got cut short and then that was when he ended up leaving the company and going to to impact I always I've told him time and time again that's like my favorite run of his career and I said for the first time I can change that answer because I feel like currently you are in the best run of your career I told him that personally and I truly believe that I think he's doing excellent work the way we opened the show with him in the production truck I look down and I'm like, oh my God, Mike Mansuri making a, a TV cameo. This is great. And you had Andrew Thompson. Like you had everybody. Like little yeah. did you know <laughs> the important people that were in that scene. I know, right? It was so great. Again, that that opening uh, was very, very good. But then for him to address the crowd, <sighs> Christian Cage, as only Christian Cage could be. It's so interesting that everything has become associated with Christian Cage. Like it's almost like, you know, somebody has a dead father and I see the internet immediately go, oh, what's Christian Cage going to say? It's amazing what a year has done to change <laughs> Christian Cage's perception for him being that guy. The amount of memes that are Christian focused is just, it makes me so happy. Are, are you kidding me? I, I have fallen in love with the Can You Feel My Heart meme with Christian. Like, honestly, if that song, if we could somehow get that in AEW, that's like, that would be a dream come true for me. And for the folks that keep tweeting that, I know. I hear it. <laughs> it's not just that, though, but like even the the remix of the Cause Your Father's Dead remix to Christian's theme. 
the amount of times we've listened to that and created. Oh, dude, dude, <laughs> it's very much something uh, that everybody's aware of. But but a lot of it is just Christian himself. He's so good at what he does, and he's so good at knowing how to control an audience, and he's so good at knowing how to get under their skin and knowing how to bring everything out of his opponent and bring almost like a legitimate sense of hatred out of them. And it's it's so good. He is so good at what he does. I wanted to agree with you on the run that Christian has right now because it is some of the best heel work in wrestling, I think. And it's one of those things where when he is there standing with a microphone, I know he's going to say something that is just vile, but I'm very excited to hear how vile it is <laughs> in particular. Yes. There is so much that is untouched. The amount of people at AEW that don't have fathers <laughs> that could potentially, <laughs> like as, as depressing as that sounds, like I have a really bad sense, the sense of the shit, but like my, my dad's dead. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, I'm going to be targeted one day. <laughs> the fact that we can have these conversations, I'm like, this is so good. Christian is yeah. just phenomenal. He is on fire. But yes, go go ahead. Adam Copeland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, though, but Adam Copeland, again, is just a treasure trove of knowledge and ideas. I Almost to a shocking degree, I didn't realize what he was going to bring to the table in just the four AEW appearances he's made so far. By the, the, the amount of appearances he's made on AEW TV and the times he's been backstage, and like I said, he is just a treasure trove of ideas. I thought he went in there with Luchasaurus and did excellent work with Luchasaurus. I thought the ending was just so explosive, so much fun. It was such a good way to tie the entire show back together. I have said time and time again, my favorite thing in wrestling is when a show threads. I love threads mm -hmm. in professional wrestling. And when we can end on one note and then remind you of multiple notes from earlier in the show, from later in the show, for uh, things that have all happened throughout the show. It's like we brought Brian Danielson back out because, hey, he's number one contender to Christian Cage, who's here with Luchasaurus, who just faced Adam Copeland. But also, we have Brian Danielson, who's a member of the Blackpool Combat Club. And, of course, the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, just recently on Collision, had beef with the Mogul Embassy. And the Mogul Embassy is, of course, led by Swerve Strickland. And Swerve Strickland has a beef with Hangman Adam Page, who is out here. And all of a sudden, all of these threads that were happening throughout the show that you saw all in this big two-hour title Tuesday came together at the very end of the show and we close on that shot of Brian Danielson with Christian Cage in the LaBelle lock. Just a, a phenomenal ending, I thought. And this is why when you said, I feel like on paper, this is a really good show because you know all of this stuff is about to happen. <laughs> but yeah, like and watching that last thing, I was like, oh, 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 oh. And it was just done so well because a lot of times you worry like if you throw too much at wrestling fans, it's almost distracting. Like you want people to focus on this, but then there's also this thing over here and we only have so much time on TV and we have all the stuff we need to get across. But it was done so well. So testament to creative, a testament to the performers, a testament to our production crew for making sure that all of that got captured. I, mean, I, I will say this whole thing, I, I will give credit to this specific idea came from somebody in this entire thing. I won't say which one, uh, but I want you to know that there was a very creative mind in this entire thing that was like, why don't we just tie the whole show together at the end? And it came together in a way where just I had a smile on my face when I tweeted that I was really proud of the show It's because I genuinely was. I was just proud mm -hmm. of everybody who came to this show with the intention of delivering something special. And I think we came away from it having put on 
just an excellent, excellent show. I also just appreciate you strategically breaking kayfabe. Like, let's choose when we do and when we don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. <laughs> really good choices. <laughs> Yay, but it's this is unrestricted. So it's yep. you have the expectation on this show that we don't hold back, right? We 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 are gonna talk about certain strategically. things. Strategically. <laughs> strategically, though, right? Like I'm not gonna pull the whole curtain down but i will say that we'll give you, you know, a peek this, from time to time this podcast is designed to give you a little bit of a peek and this is what we do on unrestricted this was fun this was fun to talk about it was fun to relive this show in in, in kansas city again i i can't say enough good things about you guys as a crowd uh the barbecue is only okay so uh stop recommending <laughs> kansas city barbecue to me because every time i go to kansas city like hey you gotta try the barbecue and i'm like okay i'm gonna finally try the barbecue texas says better barbecue i'm just gonna put it out there <laughs> it does but on the other side of that i thought you guys were a phenomenal crowd and you guys are always hospitable this is a great time this was awesome i love that we got to do a whole podcast on just like one episode of dynamite I frequently forget, I was I was talking to someone this morning, like we are constantly go, 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 that I don't think we take the time to stop and actually rehash and like look back at things enough. And this was, I, I mean, I enjoyed it, obviously, I'm slightly biased, but I enjoyed this because this was such a phenomenal episode on multiple levels from the creative side, from the performer side, from the production side, right. and just a, a good testament to what AEW is good at, like coming together in new and interesting ways, being presented with challenges and just knocking it out of the park. And I just could not be more proud that I work here. It's what we do best. Yes. And don't forget, you can continue to catch AEW everywhere you look. AEW is on every Wednesday. We've got Dynamite at 8 p.m. We've got Rampage every Friday at 10 p.m. We've got Ring of Honor Thursdays on Honor Club. And we also have Collision every Saturday at 8 p.m. on TNT. This podcast releases new episodes every Thursday on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And then the video episode comes out early the next week. Just check out the AEW podcast channel on YouTube. Click, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff so you can get notified when you can see all of our beautiful faces and Will shivering during the entirety of this podcast because hopefully it means his HVAC is working soon. I am Aubrey Edwards here with my best friend, Will Washington. Thank you so much for listening to AEW Unrestricted. Peace! Come on, throw your hands up, let me see you. Unrestricted.